My name is Lex Dad, and I'm a local Darug man. We share country up here in the Blue Mountains with the Gundangara people. I'd like to pay respects to our elders, both past and present. I'd like to pay respects to our young people who are our emerging elders. I'd like to pay respects to Pemawianga, Mother Earth, and Father Sky, Biami. And I say in our local Darug language, Warami Mirega Darug Nyura. Welcome, friends, to Darug country, and Yanana Budrigumara. May we all walk with good spirit, with patience, humility, and respect for one another. Didgeridgora, and thank you. I'm Catherine. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of the new radio show, Paperback Writer, a show about all things books. Featuring book reviews, interviews with local Australian and international authors, new releases, literary awards, novel ideas, and a lot of book-related puns, uh, and just puns in general. (laughs) Yeah, just puns, all the puns. (laughs) Um, Rosie Ravelston Books, we're a very small social enterprise based in Hazelbrook, Blue Mountains. And uh, run by a couple of avid readers and our dog Echo, who's our quality control expert. Uh, we've managed to combine our love of reading with our passion for supporting refugees and asylum seekers. We do this by donating, donating 50% of our profits to charities that support refugees and asylum seekers, like the amazing Blue Mountains Refugee Support Group and the Sydney based Amiculous A Humble Friend Project. Yeah, cool. Well, look, we've changed uh, the time and date of our show yet again. <laughs> Yet again. <clears throat> it's not deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to work out the best um, uh, time slot for, for us and our dear listener as well. <laughs> well, I mean, the last show we sort of had to finish and sp- not speed, drive at a, <laughs> at a safe... At the speed at limit. At the speed limit, down to open our <clears throat> shop. So, um, you know, now we're going to be on Wednesdays. And it's going to be a weekly show as a well. A weekly which show, is which is really exciting. So, uh, Wednesdays 12 to 2. That's right. Uh, and um, we're going to be recording it as a podcast, which is really exciting. So uh, if you are listening to this live um, and you just love it so much, you want to listen again and again. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we... get a life. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be, we'll be uh, loading uh, the recordings of each of these uh, shows um, onto our podcast service. Uh, and you can download those on. Spotify, uh, Apple, Spotify, yeah, Google, and on our website, all the big well. podcasts, and on our website as well. Yeah, all right. the big podcasts because we're a pretty big deal. Exactly right. Community <laughs> radio. So yeah, Wednesdays, which is exciting. I'm excited. We're doing it uh, on Wednesdays and weekly. Hmm. Actually, I think it, there's so much um, we can talk about. We we we've just come back from New Zealand actually, and we had a bit of a plan of the themes we can do for the show and who we can interview and what we can talk about. So well, we had a lot of plans, Kath, didn't we? Coming back from New Zealand. Yeah, one thing we didn't plan on. Getting COVID. Yeah. Wow, wow. The spicy cough. You may have heard. <laughs> you in, can probably hear right yeah, now. <laughs> we, we did talk about Leonard Cohen a lot last week. That's said, true. In I'm my secret yeah. life. No, not quite. <laughs> I got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Pretty good. Um, so we are, yeah, we, we've pre-recorded this because, you know, we're doing the right thing and we're isolating and we hope anyone else out there that has COVID is feeling all right because it's pretty crap. Yeah. How about to say crap? It's not great. Well, you just did, so no, it's, that's all right. It's rubbish. <laughs> um, but so this week, uh, because we've just come back from New Zealand, which was lovely, first time I've seen my family in two and mm. a half years, 
uh, we're going to be talking about New Zealand books because there's so many amazing New Zealand authors. I won't even be able to cover, you know, uh, uh, much of them, um, but, you know, I'll be talking about a few of those. And then we're going to be talking about book clubs as well. So the pros and cons of book clubs. Um, there's a lot of those. We've been in a few book clubs ourselves uh, during our time. And yeah, I think we're pretty well qualified to talk about some of the things that work really well and some of the things that uh, don't work quite as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also going to have a bit of a chat about what it's like to create art in authoritarian countries, um, which I think has always a, been a fascinating uh, topic. Mm. Um, and we'll play uh, a song by a band that I think fits that... that um, uh, category quite well as well yeah. so um yeah lots to talk about we'll also of course be getting an update about dracula daily yes um and, book news. and some book news as well so we'll let you know what's going on in the um in the book industry in general yeah awesome well should we talk about what we've been reading why not do you, do you want to go first i will go first um i do have a bit of a um, I have to declare an interest when it comes to the book i'm talking about now because this is a book that has just been published by Rosie Ralston Books. Oh, what a, what a coincidence. I know. Um, My goodness. This is a book called Nicked Names, and it's written by uh, a, an author. His um, uh, Anglo-Ghanaian background. So um, I think he grew up in England um, to Ghanaian parents, uh, or at least one Ghanaian parent. Um, he's living in Goulburn now, actually, in um, regional New South Wales, um, and he's published... Uh, this book, <clears throat> I guess I would call it a young adult novella. It's probably the best way of describing it. Um, but it's got a really interesting message about uh, racism, what it's like to be uh, a kid in a high school um, and to look a little bit different from some of the other kids in the class. Um, the blurb uh, goes, High school student Norman Zebra Smith, half British and half Ghanaian, lives at the crossroads of race and identification. In response to racial slurs from other students, Norman embraces hybridity and forms a rainbow alliance with other ethnic minority students against black and white judgments. I like that. Inspired to act by a colourful combination of hip-hop, Shakespeare, his teacher Mr. Neal, and the US civil rights movement, Norman and his allies use the unlikely arena of a high school auditorium to expose the racist bully Goodwin and his henchmen. I love the teacher. I love the, the, the hip-hop and the teacher. Is it, is it one of those daggy teachers who's like, right, kids, we're going to do a rap now? Um, it depends on your definition of daggy. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, did you ever see that show, um, uh, Kimmy Schmidt? And, and then there's the, the young guy, and then he's um, he, he tries to do a rap, and all the people just film him and make fun of him because he does a terrible job. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it makes me think of that. But this teacher's a good one. <laughs> I think this teacher's a good one, and the rap's a good one as well. All right, well, that makes, that makes a huge difference. <laughs> uh, choosing to own their nicked names, Norman and his friends take centre stage, silencing their opponents and proving the power of words to unite us all. Oh, I like that. And the that's, power of words That's one of the things that, that really... Um, attracted uh, us to this book um, in, in terms of looking at publishing it because uh, not only is it really well written and um, Andrew Jeffrey Quabina Moss who's the author he does um, he's, he has a real talent for writing um, and uh, actually he's got a few puns in there as well oh well that's always good <laughs> be happy A-class. to hear um, <clears throat> but he's also it's really it's taken an interesting idea about um, nicknames that are applied, especially um, racial nicknames that are applied to students, and turning them around. Um, hence the the title of the book, Nicknames. 
Um, What's it taking the power back? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to go into too much detail about it, but essentially, um, the Norman, the protagonist, uh, gets together with a bunch of other uh, ethnic minority students, and they kind of reclaim some of the the words that are being used against them to take the power out of it. That's such a um, good theme for a book. Is it a, a adult book? A book for adults? Well, it's I, I would it, we, I would consider it to be young adult essentially. Is that what I was so thinking teenager too? more than anything else. But um, look, as an adult myself, yeah. well past the young adult stage, um, I really enjoy reading it as well. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't look at publishing a book that we didn't enjoy ourselves and think that. Um, was really worthy of being published. I mean, I was just thinking about you know being in high school, which I don't know. I don't I'd know how you think about that. Well, that's what I mean. High school was pretty <laughs> crap for me. Yeah. I I didn't have a lot of fun, and and I mean I'm you know I say this as a white woman, obviously, so I I don't know what it's like to to experience race racism. Um, but you know having a book for young people mm. about that reclaiming the power I think that could be really really powerful actually yeah and it's uh, it, it's set in the UK but it, it does have a universal message uh, as well oh okay um, is he British or is he Australian? yes he came uh, he's originally British but um, lives in Australia now yeah cool um and yeah it's just a, 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 I, I like the fact as well that um, Andrew hasn't dumbed down the book in any way either even though it is essentially uh, primarily targeted at uh, teenagers and high school students, but mm. um, he, his, his definitely the, the style of writing um, uh, makes you think a bit and, and uh, some of the, the terminology uh, makes you kind of stop for a second to have a think about why he's used a particular word in, in that situation. There's a lot mm. of um, wordplay that's going on. Yeah, nice. Um, I mean, you know, book. I'm a big fan of that. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so look, I, I do have a bit of a personal bias because obviously this is a book that we, um, Rosie Robinson books have published ourselves, but it is actually a really good read. Um, it's not particularly long either. So it's, it's, um, fairly, uh, straightforward to get through. Um, I think if anyone out there knows, especially teenagers, but anyone even a bit older than that, um, who have experienced, uh, issues of racial abuse or the like, um, it's a very powerful book, I think, to recommend yeah, cool. um, to people in that situation. And not just that, but also people who may not have experienced that but want to get a bit of, uh, build some empathy for people yeah. who have been in that situation. So Andrew, is it autobiographical? Like, it's fictional? <clears throat> it's a work of fiction, yep. Um, I think it's fair to say that uh, some of the, uh, the story is inspired by true events. Yeah. Um, given that... Um, both Andrew and his protagonist Norman are um, half British, half Ghanaian. Right. Um, so yeah, I suspect that um, some of the events uh, are based on some uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, things that have happened mm. um, either to Andrew or to other people in the world. Yeah, right. Oh, um, we'll have to get him on the show and talk to him. I think that sounds really interesting. We'll definitely get Andrew on the show, yeah. So mm. it's just been officially published uh, on the weekend, actually. Um, and so Andrew's getting out and doing a few media appearances here and there we're definitely going to have andrew come up to the bookshop in hazelbrook oh, um, to do an author talk i love that i don't know this i should know this <laughs> <laughs> ask you all these questions <laughs> and look at the, at the end of the day too it's entertaining like i just yeah. more than anything else it's not uh it's not a didactic book it's not telling you racism is bad it's um just an well, entertaining read <laughs> well that that's just a message that happens to come out of it i'll tell them that and then they can read this and it'll back me up yeah so i i think it's a great book um yeah, cool. and uh, yeah I've, I've really enjoyed um 
working on it uh, and uh, being involved in the editing process. And um, you know, I've I've told Andrew as well uh, that he should be very proud of what he's done here because he's written a really um, a really entertaining, enjoyable read, but a book that's got a really important message as well. That's awesome. Mm. I think that's so important. I'm sort of repeating myself, but yeah, mm. at an age when you're trying to figure out who you are, what's going on in the world, and yeah. then you know, we know that bullying happens quite a lot in, yeah. in well in life, but in high school especially. So having you know books with more positive messages, um, I think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, kudos, Andrew. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so that book was Nicked Names by Andrew Jeffrey Quabina Moss. Um, it is available through our website in our bookshop. It'll be available at a number of bookshops around Australia very soon um, and also through some online um, bookshops as well. Uh, yeah. And there's also an e-book that you can get yeah. for Kindle too. Get them to sign some copies as we'll well. We'll definitely do that, yeah. yeah awesome. Mm. And what about you, Kath? What have you been reading? Well, I am currently le- reading another Le Guin, but oh. I won't... <laughs> oh, Le Guin. I know. This is, this is the, the, the I, Guin show now. But I deliberately read another one first because I didn't want to just come on the show again and say, oh, so I've read another <laughs> Le Guin. Okay. But I am reading The Left Hand of Heaven by Le Guin, but I've just mm. started. Um, and I do have a bit of brain fuzz because of COVID, so I'm going very slowly. Um, but I read Kazuo Ishiguro. I hopefully have said that right. A Japanese writer. So... Kazuo Ishiguro, I mean, have you heard of them? They're quite quite yeah, well known. Absolutely. I think Remains of the Day uh, is the most sort of famous one and Never Let Me Go. Um, that They made a movie of that with Kira Knightley and others. Um, so really famous. I'm going to admit that I'd never actually read them. Again, on my to-be-read pile. So I went, you know what? This is the time. I'm, I'm going to read this book. And I think it was a terrible first choice of book. <laughs> I've read the reviews and everyone's like, this is his worst book he's ever written. Well, not his... Well, I think it, it comparably to his other books. So he's just released a new one, Clara and the Sun. Mm-hmm. I think that came out oh, about a year or so ago. Yeah, yes, I remember. Um, and it seems that uh, Ishiguro plays a lot with different um, genres. So this was the fantasy. Um, and I didn't know that. I deliberately... You know, I picked it up and I went, right, I've got to read this. I didn't read the blurb because sometimes I think it's better going and yeah. not knowing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm, I'm on my Goodreads now. Included on Time Magazine's the best, 100 best fantasy books of all time. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, the writing was good. I don't know. I, from what I've seen from other people's reviews, it wasn't a wise choice for my first Ishiguro novel. Mm. Um, you don't tend to read a lot of fantasy, though. Is I that partly the problem? No, I don't think it was because I don't mind fantasy. And I have read a bit of fantasy, especially in the past, like, you know, Robert Jordan, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, uh, compared to the reason I've wanted to read him for so long is because people who have some of the book taste to me talk mm. about how good he is. Yeah. Um, so it was a really... I can't really compare it to the others, but it's sort of a weird fairy tale. So it's in a land... Um, where people don't have long-term memory. So you don't, for whatever reason, they, they can't remember what happened. So if they, they have a part of the book where a little girl goes missing and she just runs away, has an adventure, whatever, mm. comes back in a week. And they're just like, oh, hello. And they move on with their life. Okay. Rather than being like, oh my goodness, where is our little girl? But it also means that they, like, you know, the main character Axel and his partner are together, but they don't really have any memories of the past, mm. good or bad. 
Um, you could get away with a lot of things in a world like that. Well, I think... I, I mean, that sounds ominous. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have a disclaimer, please? Yeah. Well, no, just... I mean, if you, if you think about it, if people... I'm guessing the the characters know that they have short-term memory. Well, no. Ah, okay. Axel so does. That's the story. main character does. And right. so they sort of... See, he's quite old. I don't know how old they are, but they're much older than others. And they all sort of live underground. And uh, they're furthest away from the fire because... I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm even boring myself talking about it, to be honest. But it, it was wow. it was interesting. So they basically go, we have a son. We haven't seen them because they're getting these glimpses, flashes of memory about our son. Mm. Let's go find him. But they don't remember where he is. They don't remember why he left. They don't remember if he likes them. They don't remember anything. And then they sort of, it turns into sort of a folk tale almost. And there's a lot of lessons and metaphors on, you know, trust and love and loyalty and that kind of thing. Um, and they meet, and it, it's sort of an alternate world. So Merlin and Arthur, and uh, it's set in the UK. Yeah. It's sort of a part of that world. And, um, you know, there's a dragon and there's other mythical... Of course there's a dragon. Of course. I mean, any good book has a dragon <laughs> in it, in my opinion. Um, the only thing is he kept calling her princess all the time. And it, I don't know why, but it really, it really annoyed me. Just like, yes, princess. Dragon the That's, princess. No, no, his wife. Oh, okay. He called his wife a dragon. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> no, he kept calling his wife princess. Gotcha. So, yes, princess. Okay, princess. All right, princess. I don't know why, but it really annoyed me. Right. But that's probably me being weird and irrational. Yeah. Um, sorry, princess. Sorry, princess. Um, but there was a lot... I think it needed editing, to be honest. Like, it, it was... It was like, say you were going to make a decision. Say you and I are making a decision to walk down that hill and look at a tree. I don't know. Sure. I'd be like, Zach, do you think we should go down and look at that tree? And then you would just talk about it for like 10 minutes and be like, "If how should we walk down there? What should we do? And what might happen? Blah, blah, blah. But not in a... It does sound a lot like the conversations we tend to have. <laughs> yeah, but would you want to read about that? Because I wouldn't. Not really, no. But that's, <laughs> and it wasn't like building to anything. It was just sort of polite repetitious conversations right. uh, and, and the sort of dialogue and then the things I did want to know about were really vague and ended quickly so I, I don't know yeah. and when think there were sort of twists but then when they happened it was like oh yeah okay rather than oh wow okay but I mean I always find it interesting to see what other people have thought and it seems a lot of people were sort of agreed with me sure but then there were other people who said it was amazing it was a spellbinding tale of a couple's journey and is it better to remember can we only live with ourselves and one other through ignorance yeah. and so that was interesting the idea mm. of memory because they said they thought if we can get our memories back what if we actually remember awful things we've yeah. done to each other yeah that's right um and you know okay when we get our memories back we, we remember we love each other mm. right you know this sort of nervousness so that was interesting but you know i feel like i've just sledged it the whole time <laughs> I, I, I didn't give it zero stars but i think I definitely read more of his work because there are diehard fans of his out there. And I did see the movie Never Let Me Go, yeah. um, which was really good. And I think that was a sort of a sci-fi dystopian okay. one. Um, but yeah, it, it, I've talked to a few people about this and they're like, why did you start with that <laughs> book? Um, so I think that was sort of my own my own bad. <laughs> well, I mean, this will lead on to a couple of things we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, books that um, people love that you hate or books that you hate that other people love mm. um, and that's the thing We've, uh, especially being bookshop owners I think we know pretty clearly by now that uh, um, 
pretty much every book has lovers and haters. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how many awards it's won or how niche it is or... I would say not... I don't hate it. It's a, sure. a dislike. Yeah, okay. A mild dislike. Fair, a mild dislike. Fair enough. I, I, I gave it away immediately when I finished. <laughs> I think that usually says a lot. Yeah, that's a bad sign. <laughs> So we just listened to Florence and the Machine, Free and Graceland by Paul Simon. I, I, I love that. Well, I love both of those songs. So Florence and the Machine, Free, that's from her new album that's come out fairly recently. Okay. I just love it. I just love dancing to it. Um, but the lyrics are, it's actually about her anxiety. You, I mean, you probably picked that up from the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think is so good. I think, I mean, it's not good that she has anxiety, of course, but talking about this kind mm. of stuff, you know, I mean, I you know definitely have my struggles with anxiety. So normalizing you know mental health and talking about it is really important and it's just a sorry that's all i was going to say it's a very uh visual lyric too the yeah. idea of picking you up and then throwing you down yeah um yeah it's quite a strong and that line i'm on fire but i don't know how to show it yeah i yeah. think it's yeah really powerful yeah um and just a really good song to dance to yeah when i first heard it i was i was I was doing I think I was cooking dinner and I just kept putting it on repeat it was uh-huh. really good and Graceland I mean of course I think you know Paul Simon um, it, it, such a good album I did think about playing Homeless I really like that one with Lady Smith Black Mambazo um, but Graceland again it's just a good dancing song and I think my folks went to go see him I couldn't go which is a shame mm. and my sister I think went too and apparently people all got up and danced to that because mm. it's just such a catchy song isn't it yeah it is for sure yeah, yeah that's a, it's an absolute classic that one yeah um, I, don't, I don't think I'll ever get um, sick of hearing that one agreed yeah um, okay well we want to talk uh, keep talking about books um, book clubs book clubs in particular yeah so uh, Catherine and I have been working a bit on our episode for next week and what we're going to talk about. Um, the subject that we're, that we're going to talk about uh, will be books that we love and other people hate or books that we hate and other people love. Um, <laughs> and again, maybe hate's a strong word, but... When we've invited <clears throat> um, Alex, who's been helping us out in the shop, mm-hmm. um, and, and a friend as well, uh, because Alex is determined... Has some strong opinions. Well, <laughs> how, did, how did they put it? determined to I guess represent Sally Rooney because I have strong feelings of dislike towards yeah. her book <laughs> and wow. Alex said no I'm, I'm going to defend that so that's a two hour show right there <laughs> um, well, yeah. I, th- I think we're going to be talking about quite a few um, uh, controversial <laughs> things on, on that show absolutely um, but the, the for this week's show though it got me thinking when I was thinking about okay what are the books that I love and other people hate and vice versa um, and as I started putting a list together, I realized there was a commonality there and that they, pretty much all of them happened to be books that I read through book clubs. What? Books that I love that other people hate, books that I hate that other people love. Ah. Um, which I thought was quite odd. So the books yeah. that I've read myself, um, either I've hated them and other people have hated them or vice versa. But the book club ones, I thought, well, why why would it be a, pe- a peculiar thing to, to the book clubs? Um can I ask the ones that you read in book club that you loved? Were you the one who chose that book? Wow, well, see, that's that's a good question. <laughs> um, uh, well, no, not no. Well, we'll get onto that <laughs> because you know. Yes, some of them, yes, but it depends on the rules of the book club as well. It's funny, and I I hope I'm not jumping in the point you're about to make. But I remember <laughs> remember we had that book club at the very beginning with Lisa. 
and we had one book club this was years ago like 10 years ago or something and we had one book club we read slaughterhouse five. Oh no actually we had two because then we read comtober yeah that's right and then lisa quit and said i don't want to be told what to read and i was like that's what book clubs are <laughs> I'm like that's the whole point and also you chose that one and and then she said, well, you loved it. We all loved it. And I'm like, actually, that's true. Please don't leave book club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of one of the issues with book clubs as well, that uh, you, you need to be a little bit careful sometimes um, if there's a book that you hate and you feel the need to slam it. Oh, that, you know, there. one of your book club members has been the person who actually chose that book um, and usually chose it because they thought it was an amazing book. But I love book clubs when you hate the book and everyone rants about it. They're almost more fun. Yeah, oh, I agree. We've had some really good book clubs like that. Um, but again, though, that comes to talking about the idea of book clubs and the pros and cons of book clubs mm. because it does... Book clubs do have a tendency to make you read books that you wouldn't otherwise read. That's true. That's a good thing and a bad thing. And that's what I've realised from thinking about next week's shows. Um, some of the books that I loved, um, I think partly I loved them because I wouldn't have normally read them and it was a discovery to me. Yeah. Of a particular writer or... Well, uh, like Com Tobin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's probably the test... No, the Testaments by Com Tobin is probably the, um, the, the star um, of Such that a list. Good book. Yeah. Um, but again, that's not... I, think, I don't think people hate that book in general. So I think that's just yeah, a book pretty that's safe. pretty widely, widely yeah. um, liked uh, for people who know about it anyway. Well, well, I mean, I guess we could talk about what are the different types of book clubs because I've been part of a lot. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you have the book clubs where really it's not about books at all and people just want to drink wine. Yep. Yeah. Wine club. <laughs> wine club. Yep. Oh, and also there are books. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've seen those before and people will bring books and just talk generally uh, and then leave the books on the table and people can take them yep. home and read them, mm -hmm. which I don't... I love ranting about books, so... I, I mean, I do love wine, so I you know, maybe merge the two. <laughs> and, well, the wine can help with the ranting as well. That, that's always true. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's that's definitely one. I mean, my mum is a librarian, or was a librarian for years, and they had one where they would come and talk about something they'd read and then sort of give a description and, and then would lend the book out to other people. And that's, that's kind of, I think, similar to the book clubs that we run through mm. the bookshop, where people can come and talk about a particular book that they've read um, or been reading uh, and then quite often they'll leave a copy behind so that other people can borrow yeah. um, and no then you spoilers get... though no spoilers that's right but that's one of the challenges of that style of book club where you mm. don't all have to read the same book that you are a bit limited into what you can talk about and if you find two or three people who have also read that book and just really want to talk about it yeah you can't talk about the spoilers you need you know? like a little side <laughs> yeah. group and they're like okay book club's over now let's talk about the book yeah which is a <laughs> bit of a bit of a downside of that style yeah. of book club um but then again then you have the the traditional i guess book club where someone picks a book and everyone has to read it um, in a month's time and then you come back um we've had some pretty amazing conversations in uh, with book clubs like that but as I'm sure you can attest as well, Kath, there are a lot of problems with that style of book club. Uh, honestly, of, how long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> one of them being, of course, the idea that, um, first of all, you're reading a book someone else has chosen, so you might absolutely hate the book and feel compelled to read the whole thing. Yeah, well, no, you have to. That's the rule. Well, secondly, that's not rule. everyone feels compelled no, to do you that. Have and that's, to. that's another part of the problem with those clubs. <laughs> and that sort of annoys me. And then everyone's like, calm down, Catherine. We're just hanging out and having dinner. I'm like, well, then let's have a dinner club and a separate book club. And yep. I look really controlling. But you know where this comes from? <laughs> I read a book and it was a thick book. Like, it would have been, okay, now I can't 
remember how long books are. Yeah. But it was a solid... It was a brick. Sure. And it wasn't good. And I made myself finish it. I think it was Barbara Kingsolver, who I don't mind. I've read the... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Poisonwood Bible, mm-hmm. you know. So not a bad writer, but this one was about... Oh, I had It was called Flight Behaviour, I think. And it was about yeah, okay. m- migration of butterflies. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot of promise, but... Oh, it was so boring. And Barbara Kingsolver doesn't tend to write short books. Anyway, it's so. true. <laughs> and I made myself finish it. And I got to book club and no one else had finished it except the person <laughs> that had recommended it. Yeah. Who actually liked it. And it was a surprise because um, this person and actually and I have quite similar book taste. And so I was just mad that I'd wasted all this time reading this stupid book and other people didn't finish it. And they're like, you don't have to finish it. And I'm like, yes, you do. That's yeah. the whole point of book club. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out I'm quite controlling. That's what I'm realising <laughs> hearing myself. I don't think you're controlling. I think you have high standards when it comes. And I mean, it's. I think it's a valid point. If you're going to have a book club where everyone chooses the same book, I mean, you kind of have to read the book, don't you? Well, like, it defeats the whole purpose. And if I choose a book, I would hope that other people would read that too. And then yeah. that happened and no one read that. So I was that book club I didn't go back to in well, the end. Well, there's a, there's, that's yeah. the thing. There is an element of trust in that in that, um, that that style of book club because you need to trust the people who are choosing the books um, to well, a certain extent, I think. Although thinking about it, I think if you give it a proper go, you don't have to finish it. Like if you if you don't if you read a chapter and you're like, no, I don't like it. I, no, I think you need to give it a proper go. But if you read, give it a you know read a third and you're like, I've really tried and I really hate it. I think that's okay as long as you can back it up. But I mean, it's it, it is tricky too because it's a it's a commitment to read a book you don't like, <coughs> and often book clubs are sort of monthly. And you yeah. know, if you if you're a busy person and you're reading a you know a brick, it is hard to get through. Yeah, and of course, you know, the idea is that you're not reading books that you otherwise would choose to to read. And you know, over over a human life, there's only a certain number of books you can read. I mean, mm. it's different for different people, but. Uh, reading wasting your time reading a book you yeah, don't enjoy it yeah exactly but then it's you rant about situation. it at the book club <laughs> that's true that's true and then again of course there's the idea that you might come across a book that you would not have otherwise read it's very true and, and that's it happened. blows your mind yeah. you know what I what I find most frustrating well not most this is just a rant now so <laughs> you know ease back Zach, yeah. sit back I've no, got this you know just what just gonna I, go make a coffee yeah good call <laughs> <laughs> when um, people don't finish it and they're like I haven't finished it no spoilers and I'm like <laughs> that's actually happened and I was like yeah. Bah! yeah, I want to talk about it and there were twists and it was so exciting and now it's a time and they're like oh well you know I haven't finished it so don't spoil it yeah. and I just want to be like well then okay. go home <laughs> but then that makes me gosh yeah. I'm really controlling I'm listening to this but it's so frustrating because so many books yeah. uh, the, part of what's so exciting is journeying through the twists and the turns and yeah. the love and the hate and and ranting about that with people it's one of my favourite things to do in the world so ranting in general yeah ranting in general but especially about books that's true and with wine yeah and that's the beauty of a book club as well it is a very communal experience Uh, for for an activity that can be quite solitary by by itself reading a book but then being able to come together with a group of like-minded people exactly um, and talking about the books which is why we found that the book club we run has worked really well because yeah. they are, it is like-minded people who have a love of books, different, completely different types of books. Yeah. And it is a really good way to to find out about a book that um, you might not otherwise read, but piques your interest oh, without 100%. having to be forced to read a book in the first place. And I think that's something that's really good with book clubs, because I mean, you and I, we've had book book clubs with mm. you know really close friends. Mm. Whereas, yeah, you know, the one that we have at the shop is so interesting because it's really different ages mm. and backgrounds, and uh, you know, one person that comes reads like sort of niche Polish 
war <laughs> stuff and mm. other people read hard sci-fi other people read only history yep. i read a lot of contemporary fiction so I, I find that interesting um and also we we're part of um there's a podcast chat 10 looks three that mm. we're part of uh and the chatters and we we met up with a bunch of people in the mm. blue mountains who are part of the blue mountains chatters and that was interesting too and i mean we obviously had a lot in common and yeah. you know we were interested in politics and food and kindness yeah uh and books obviously but that was really interesting too because we were from such different backgrounds yeah. and um you know there were definitely a lot of similarities in the books we liked but also you know there were books that they were talking about that i'd never heard of which i loved yeah you know being introduced to, to new writers and new um new books yeah the chatters are a very uh, committed community of of readers um in particular which is fantastic yeah. uh, and uh, yeah we've um, met some really good people um through through the chatters um, and as you say as well, just a general um, point of view of being kind to one another. Oh, I love it too, which is what that that podcast is all about. Um, well, <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about with book clubs? I mean, again, we could make it a a quite long <laughs> a whole episode just on on the concept of book clubs. I think. But well, I think what's really interesting in book clubs is is when everyone hates it, and I think those have been quite fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember. <laughs> And I'm sure this actually this would be a good theme for the podcast. <laughs> well, I'll bring this up next week. The books you hate that everyone loves. Yeah. Remember when we read the flamethrower? I will never forget oh, that. It won all these awards, and it was supposed to be amazing, yeah. and it was just boring and terrible. But then everyone hated it, and we just it uh, was probably the most fun book club. It was I because mean. we're just like, and then she did this. It tore what it to an pieces. idiot! Yeah. <laughs> and I I don't want to disrespect. The, the writers no, in their no, situa no. situations as well. Look, because... writing a book is hard. Like, yeah. who, like <laughs> is it Rachel Kushner, I think her name? Either way, she's yeah. way better than me already because she's written a book. So, you know, <laughs> I say this definitely with a grain of salt. Yeah, and I, but it's, it's a personal preference thing more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, other and, people loved it. And yeah, and books, are, one of the things I love about books is the fact that um, you, you can have a book that sells millions of copies and wins all the awards in the world and you still may not like it. Yeah. And it's just down to personal opinion. Yeah, um, I know, love that. Because everyone has a different writing style and everyone has a different techniques and yeah, it's what makes books unique and so yeah, you know, interesting and engaging, I think. Although I do remember <clears throat> we had a book club once where someone recommended a book that they loved and was one of their favourites and yeah. I hated it and I ranted about how much I hated it yeah. and I'm not sure it went down well. That's one of the tricky <laughs> aspects of, of book clubs in general. But again... It is an environment of trust in a book club, and you do need to be respectful as well, and not just uh, tear into people for the sake of it. Or that I didn't kind of tear thing, into but... people; I tore into the book. Look, it was David Sedaris, and there was a whole chapter about a poo in a toilet. Yeah, I'm not gonna unless it's a kids. You draw book, the line about look. It's a whole chapter it, on poo in a toilet. If it's a kids book, you know that's that's a little different. But uh, <laughs> I have limited time to read books in my life. I'm not. I don't want to read a chapter about a poo in a toilet. I'm right. going to be honest. Even despite how well written it may be. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't want to. What? It's going to be descriptive? No, thank you. No, no. <laughs> no like no. We're like we're still friends. Obviously, the the person. But yeah, I I must admit. You're not the only one who struggled with that. Book, I'm. Though, I'm, I'm not a fan of David Sedaris. Maybe maybe th there are other books he's written that are better, but. Yeah. But again, that's the fascinating thing about books that you can have people who, especially even people who are quite like minded, love the book. Yeah, and that's you a hate thing. It. And I think that's a really interesting um, concept about the, the world of books. Um, I, and, and it's, it's oh, I just find it really interesting. The, I don't know, 
the descriptions of books because I was just, I was just sorry I'm, I'm sort of going in circles a bit but thinking about when you say look I've read this book this is what it's about because we had a book club a few weeks ago remember I was trying to just describe a book and I did a terrible job yeah I could see everyone just going blank yeah <laughs> and I think I was quite tired and the book was well I remember I did that with flights <laughs> a couple of, a couple like, of podcasts I'd ago. read it, but I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, and you can really enjoy it because both of these books I was talking about, I think it was Still Life by Sarah Whitman, yeah. and I really, really enjoyed it. It was easy to read. It was fun. It, it was, um, you know, you sort of became part of their community, and there was a sense of, I guess, familiarity with the characters. And I was listening to myself and just went. God, I'm boring. <laughs> and I could see people switching off. And I was like, I know I'm doing a bad job, but it's a really good book. <laughs> so I guess as well, it depends on, you know, how well you can describe books and in a succinct way that's going to keep people interested. And But that's, that's again where the trust element comes into. If you have a good book club and you know each other over yeah. a period of months, people will know that when you recommend a book that it's well worth reading, even, even if you don't describe it particularly well. They've got that knowledge, that trust in your ability to know that you like similar books to them. Have you ever been part of a book club where you were given a book uh, and you you thought you were going to hate it and you loved it? Um, I'm sure I have. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'll um, um, have a think about that for next week. Um, but yeah, there's. I mean, look, even to, to some extent, um, The Testaments was a book when I read the blurb. Um, the Com Tobin, the Com Tobin one. Yeah. one. I thought, what, what is this? Who, who's chosen this book, and why? Because <laughs> it seems very religious, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just, and it's a quite, a, it's a bit of an out there concept too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, it's a fantastic book. Can't highly, can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, or vice versa. Like, you know, have you ever got one and you're like, I'm gonna hate it. Uh, you, I'm gonna love this, and then you hated it, or, or you loved it and you hated it. I've confused myself now. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I, d- I, d- I don't think I thought I was going to like um, Flamethrowers from the beginning, but or I didn't think it was going to be as bad as that. Well, yeah. <laughs> Reykjavik 101 was a different situation altogether because um, one of the problems with that particular book club <laughs> was that we decided to change the way we select books and everyone in the book club wrote an idea down on a piece of paper, put it in a hat... Uh, we shuffled it all around and um, I pulled an idea out of the hat and then whatever that idea was the book had to be based around that that was how um, I had to select the book for the next book club and the it happened to be Iceland was the clue that was written easy down. very right <coughs> yeah. Kent, we all know how great she is next yeah. um, actually I hadn't I read think... it at that I don't think it had been published at that stage yeah, so I'll let I you off. I can't quite remember but um, so that's that's actually a fairly limited <laughs> option um, for Iceland there, there weren't there's not that many books written about Iceland um, but I found Especially a book back then I found a book called Reykjavik 101 and I've forgotten the author's name but I don't want to look it up either because I don't want to have any reminders of having read that book thanks for bringing it up Kat <laughs> I love um, you just actually blanked it out <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah no it was not it was a terrible 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 book um, but that wasn't one that I recommended at all. I hadn't read it and I was forced to choose it is, is the way I'm <laughs> But that's interesting <laughs> dealing though, with it. Because it means you're not, um, you know, you're choosing something very different to what you normally would. Yeah. Because some book clubs I've been in, they say you can't choose a book you've read before. Yeah, that's right. Um, so then everyone's reading it fresh, which is quite risky. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's how we ended up with flamethrowers, I think. Yeah. But then other ones, I think, 
uh, our friend Fee recommended Disgrace by mm. Jam Curtsy, mm. um, which I'd actually read before and I'd forgotten because that's how my memory works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we knew it was going to be a good one, but it also meant that, you know, Fee had read it before. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah, look, I think we'll um, save a bit of this conversation for next week as well because, as I said, I think a lot of the books on our list for next week came, uh, come from book clubs as well. Um, but, yeah clubs I mean we, we love them and sometimes we hate them as well but <laughs> generally speaking I think they're a fantastic thing uh, just to get a group of people together to talk about books I mean how, you can't go too wrong with that well apparently you can well you can but <laughs> depends on the format true it's <laughs> just, just some music okay <laughs> Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM your local alternative to mainstream radio a community station operated entirely by volunteers Streaming live on www.rbm.org.au. Welcome back to Paperback Writer on Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM. Um, those two songs, quite different songs there, but the first one was uh, Over and Over by Hot Chip. Um, and I wanted to pick that song. I mean, it's a pretty catchy song and a lot of fun but it also kind of related to uh, <laughs> it always reminds me of um, a scene in one of our favourite sit- sitcoms Peep Show um, hmm. yeah, where um, <laughs> the, the characters are in a um, uh, essentially a music quiz and um, the answer is Hot Chip but one <laughs> the guy who's having to answer the question I think he only knows two bands the Beatles right the Beatles and someone else yeah um, <laughs> so he doesn't get the question right um, it's it just makes me sad because hot chip is singular like imagine if you like have a hot chip I'd be like no you can't just have one hot chip well it's better than no hot chip though I don't know uh-huh. I'm not sure and um, I also chose the second song um, which is actually in Russian um, as you may have picked up um, it's called Death No More by a, a duo a Russian duo called Ice Peak Mm, it's and quite haunting, isn't it? It is quite haunting, and there's a good reason for that. <clears throat> and I know it's a bit controversial to be playing Russian um, music on the radio at the moment, but um, given everything that's happened with the the war in Ukraine, um, but Ice Peak, there are a couple of two young people um, creating music uh, and art as well. Their video clips are really spectacular. Um, but they, it's fair to say that they are political dissidents. Wait, I did hear the word kerosene. That kerosene. was the one word I picked up. Yeah, and there's, I think you can also pick up hoodie at one stage as well mm. when they're talking about wearing a black hoodie. Um, so that song itself, um, I think the the group um, weren't really on the attention, on the radar of the authorities until they released that song and that video clip um, because that song, um, it's, it, it's the video clip starts with the... Um, the two of them standing in front of the Russian parliament building and they're pouring kerosene over themselves, which is quite a um, dramatic scene to, to begin any song mm. with. And then you see a lit match. Um, and then it goes through a bunch of um, different scenes. The song is kind of about how, how a lot of Russian youth uh, use apathy as a shield these days to protect themselves from the things that are going on um, in politics in their country. Wow. And um, this group, uh, this duo, they've kind of stood up to that and they're trying to uh, to appeal to other young Russians to see you know, the creeping authoritarianism and yeah. a lot of the problems with 
with um, what's happening in, in Russia these days. And ever since they released that sing- single, they've started being targeted by Russian authorities themselves. Um, they had one gig that they were due to play, and just before they were due to go on stage, they were arrested um, and released without charge later on um, after the gig after had finished. The gig. So they weren't allowed to play, and there was no reason given for, for the arrest. Um, and so they've had to endure quite a bit of that and they're still creating um, music to this day and a lot of their music is as um, political too um, <clears throat> so apart from the fact that it's quite a haunting sound it's got a really interesting um, message about it what uh, was it called again death no more yeah. and i'm not going to try and pronounce the the russian uh. version of it because i'll do a terrible job um, and I wouldn't even know where to start. You'd just be putting it on. Putting it <laughs> uh, on. We haven't had many puns today. Do you know, no, I you. was, I've got so many jokes about puns about Russia, but it felt like a serious topic. So yeah, I, I was you just... don't want to be rushing into no, it. No, that was what I was going <laughs> to say. Come on. Oh. Come on. I have to get one in every now and then. Uh, anyway, that song kind of um, made me think as well about the idea of what it's like to create art in authoritarian countries. Yeah. And we, you know, there's it's so a... brave, isn't it? It is the risk. Can Absolutely. you imagine? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, it really makes me think. I mean, if you if you're writing a book in a wealthy democratic country like Australia or the US or the UK, places like that, New Zealand, um, you know, you don't really. The only risk you face writing something controversial, I guess, is that it might not get published. Uh, is that true, though? Think about asylum seekers. Think well, about... as, a, as a general rule, I think. Yeah, I mean, okay. There's a couple That's of, fair. there's a, probably a few issues like that yeah. that are a bit different. But if you, you know, thinking about places like, um, like Russia yeah. uh, at the moment, writing anything that is political in any way is something yeah. that can get you into trouble. Well, you might just suddenly disappear. Like, it's not just trouble, <clears throat> is it? It's, it's quite. It's scary. Well, depending on the country and, yeah. and, the, and the regime. But yeah, exactly. And that, that has happened a lot throughout history. Mm. And not just writing books, but writing music as well. Um, well painting, at, yeah. you know, just art in general. Look at Pussy Riot. I mean, they're they're probably a really obvious example. Mm. But, you know, some of them ended up going to prison, didn't yep, they? Death absolutely. threats, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Russia itself has a long history of um, dissident artists too. Um, writers and and painters um, and the like who um, and one, one of the things that I I'm really find interesting about people who create art in these environments uh, it's not just the the bravery and the courage which is remarkable but yeah. it's also the way they often go about putting messages into their art too yeah. because to a certain extent you you there's no point writing something that's overtly political if it means that no one will ever yeah, read it'll be it just or hear it, or, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so the real skill in a lot of those those societies is to weave a message into the art, um, and the way that can be done in in, in painting and in literature um, and in music, to me, I think is really fascinating, mm. um, and it's one of the reasons why I think the the ice peak ice peak the band that um, we just heard, uh, I get translations off YouTube mm. for the lyrics, but I know a lot of it will be lost in translation. Yeah. And there are certain turns of, fr- of phrase that I know Russian people, when they hear it, they'll know exactly what that means that I kind of can't quite pick up on. Mm. Uh, it might be some sort of colloquialism that's generally used in Russia that has two meanings, yeah. for example. Um, so we kind of miss out on, on a bit of that context, unfortunately. But um, I think, I think uh, we don't really have time to talk 
in, in detail about this now, but I think uh, I'd definitely like to have a, a, an episode at some stage where so. we talk about art in authoritarian and societies. And books too. Books I in mean, particular, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there are so many that we could talk about. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, th- yeah. I think, well, and I mean, even think about recently, I mean, these books being banned in, um, you know, in the, the southern US, states. Yeah. What, mm-hmm. Mouse? That, yep. The graphic novel? Yep. and that's right. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. I think that's a great topic. We should definitely do that. Yeah. And I think we could lean into it. Lean into it. Lean, lean, in, lean into it. Leonard. I was trying to do Lenin. Like As right. in Vladimir Lenin. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. Good work. <laughs> I yep. waited that whole time. Did we really? You had that in mind the whole time. Yeah, but I was like, we're talking about were serious things. Were you working on it when you're working on it? We're talking about serious head? things, Catherine. Just wait till Zach's done and then you can make, you know. Yeah. Thank you for saving that one. That was that was truly special, that pun. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. Is this uh, another pun? It's not. It's Remember the time I dressed up as Pussy Riot? <laughs> <laughs> I teach um, at Western Sydney Uni sometimes and as an activism class and for the final class we asked students to dress up as their fine uh, as their favorite activist and so you know someone had a side plait and they were like i'm greta turnberg and someone else had glasses and sort of the frilly collar i'm ruth Bader ginsburg and someone else was aoc mm-hmm. what was it alexandra oh something cortez i always forget that the ocasio yeah, yeah uh the politician and I wanted to dress up as a member of Pussy Riot, but we didn't have any balaclavas, and it was during lockdown. So I got, I got an old flannel and cut some eyes in it and stuck it on my head. And I got to class, and everyone was like, sorry, who are you? Are you Gumby? Because <laughs> it was a was green, it green? It was a green yeah. flannel. Well, we didn't have it. You know, they were, usually they were pink or bright yeah. coloured. Yeah. Anyway, so... And we'd, so... We'd, we'd run out of our stock of balaclavas. Yeah, so, so there's I'm that teacher. Yeah, you know that, Gumby Riot. Yeah, Gumby Riot. Yeah. Anyway, there's a, I, there's a place for that. I think Gumby Riot <laughs> is there. Um, should we play some music or should we keep talking? What do you think? Um, do you want to talk a bit about uh, Dracula Daily? I yeah. think that might be a good time to our um to talk about. <laughs> remind me about Dracula Daily again. How does it work? So Dracula Daily, um, you can just Google Dracula Daily, and uh, they send you emails in line with the timeline of the book so the whole book is set between i think it's may 3rd and sometime in november and the book is either um journal writings by the main character jonathan or letters that he sent or is receiving or newspaper articles or currently they're on a ship and they've got the ship captain's log so it's not written as a novel it's written in a series of Mm. Uh, I don't know. Diary entries? Yeah, sort of, letters, that kind of thing. And so the the people behind Dracula Daily have have ascended it to you in order on the exact date that it happens. Yeah. Um, So you actually get to see it chronologically. So if we don't hear from Jonathan for a couple of weeks, you don't get any emails. Um, And and it's really interesting because I've never actually read Dracula before. Mm. And, you know, you know, he's a vampire, spoiler alert. Um, Mm. But, you know, I didn't really know much about it. And it's been really fun reading it in these sort of... um, I think I said last time digestible chunks like I think mm. it's really it's a really fun way to read it and I actually get excited when mm. I get I, I read one this morning I saw your, yeah, your expression when the email I know, I was came like, yes, through yes oh, Daily because um, well, now um, he's travelling to Whitby uh, on a boat um, uh, and, and the sailors you know they just casually mention the, the, the captain's log oh we, we put on some gold and some jewels and some wooden boxes of dirt <laughs> What could be suspicious? in those? Mm. I mean, not suspicious, just, yeah, wooden boxes of dirt. Yeah. Anyway, next. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, it's actually got to be a little bit scary. And I, I, that sounds really naive and silly because I 
at the beginning I found it quite funny like oh my goodness and they're doing you know crossing their chests you know what do you call that sign of the cross thing yeah, yeah yeah and oh he has red eyes and he's very pale and oh he's a vampire you know and it was kind of uh, these these tropes that were really funny and cliche but now he's stolen Jonathan's clothes <laughs> Who's stolen <laughs> Dracula. Dracula. And he's like crawling down the wall, like out of a window, down the wall and like going God knows where. Dracula's trying... Um, on the ship? No, no, sorry. I've jumped ahead. Okay. <laughs> the ship, he's only just got on the ship. Right, gotcha. Jonathan hasn't. Uh, Dracula has. I yeah. don't know where Jonathan is. God help him. And Dracula's like, so you will stay with me as my guest. And Jonathan has to pretend he hasn't noticed anything dodgy because so much dodgy stuff has happened. He woke up one night... And they're the three women, like, looking at him. And one of them ends up sucking his blood. And he has to pretend to be asleep because he knows. Uh, the whole thing's... What the... And then Dracula steals his clothes and goes into the city. Um, but Jonathan has to just pretend everything's fine. So he starts writing shorthand letters, um, thinking that Dracula won't know shorthand. Um, and he tr- he sends him to these uh, local... I, don't, I think they're coming to do work on the castle or something. He manages to throw the letter out the window with a gold coin saying, you know, deliver this for mm. me. Somehow Dracula intercepts it mm-hmm. and is like, I don't know how they got this, but it looks like it's irrelevant. And then just burns it on a candle in front of him. Like, there's a lot of sort of... Uh, I think I know how Dracula got the letter. <laughs> through a blood relative. Ah, nice. Thank you. Very nice. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of like... Uh, he sort of gaslights him and there's mm. a lot of controlling behaviour and Jonathan the whole time he's just terrified and he just wants Fair to enough. leave but then the, the thing that I find really funny and I'm sure it'll be relevant it's interspersed with these letters from his oh I'm going to be vague I want to say wife or fiance or anywhere, anywhere they're, they're, they're together but then she's receiving letters from her friend and she's like I was proposed to by three men and oh it was so nice and I didn't know what to say and it's just really strange because there's poor Jonathan locked in this castle um, and he's locked into his room at times and you know other times he's told don't go anywhere and everything's Mm. locked terrifying castle Uh, Dracula's uh, you know just happened to have eaten whenever he has meals with him or I've got work to do mm. that just happens to be happening all day sorry oh it's night time I'm here you know all the things that we know to look for yeah um, but then there's these oh I was proposed to I don't, I don't know it just seems kind of um I don't know it's out of the blue really yeah. it's just a bit random but I'm <laughs> guessing I'm guessing it's go- it's going to come together but yeah they're they're on their way to Whitby now on a boat with boxes of dirt yep. and that the sailors are feeling like there's something suspicious but yep. they're not sure what mm, and what could it be i know mm. it's i honestly would recommend it and if if anyone listening is interested you can still catch up so they have and i'm not that far in i mean it doesn't finish till november um and it only just started in may so you can go back and read it in um in the sections and catch up and, mm. and then yeah get in on dracula daily i think it's it's a really fun way to read a book especially because I've never actually read Dracula yeah um, and you know even though you know what happens there's actually a lot I didn't know yeah. turns out you know because right. you think oh well he is a vampire and will probably suck his blood and do whatever vampires do probably turn into a bat I don't know that hasn't happened yet but maybe it will yeah. you know and, and what parts of it uh, are from this original book and then what parts have been added to in pop culture it's, it's interesting uh, it's interesting to see and compare the two. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks so much for that update. Uh, that was mine. Um, that was I'll mine. Copy that one from last week, but two Zach puns. Ah, 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 ah. Don't start that again. <laughs> uh, okay, I think now we will play some music, and then we'll come back and just talk about a bit of book news. That was Janice with Big Brother and the Holding Company. Peace of my heart, which I chose. Janice, who? Janis Joplin. Ah, right. Shouldn't have to say that. <laughs> um, 
I chose because I have a croaky voice and I think I sound like Janice. Yeah. Take another little piece To some extent, without the accent. She's so great, though. I love her. I mean, that's sort of a cliche um, song, but I I must admit, whenever I get sick and sound croaky, I do do the come on, come on (laughs) bit. Um, and then Rolling Stones, Paint It Black. Paint It was Black. was your choice. It was my choice. Um, not for any particular reason other than I, I think it's a great song. I, I really uh, like it. And I think it's an, a, a really powerful exploration of, of love and loss as well. Because um, is it about funerals and things? That's what he's talking about, the line of cars. Yeah, that's black. that's my understanding of it, that it's more about the, the loss of a lover, really, of yeah. someone really close to to the, the person who's singing the song. Um, and you know, having been through difficult times myself in the past, I can um, see the de- understand the desire to just see black and just yeah. paint everything black, yeah. be surrounded by blackness. It's um, definitely this sort of a de- no, idea of depression, yeah, and sadness, and grief, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that I, I think it just stands up really well um, as a song and with the message too. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I've just seen the time because we were supposed to talk about New Zealand books and book news, but we're running out of time. So maybe I could do a. We can do a quick, quick New Zealand run books. through yeah, both of those. So if you want to talk about oh. having come back from New Zealand, there's so many good New Zealand books though. That's the problem. We'll do we'll do a longer episode on New Zealand books at some stage. I think we should. And Australian books as well. I yeah. Think. Well, I've just started um, reading Richard Glover actually. Mm-hmm. Now I road to the deep south, mm-hmm. north, south. <laughs> now I've confused myself. <laughs> Deep South. Deep North. Deep North? Yeah. Ah, the Deep South is a band, isn't it? That's, I'm getting confused. Either way, really enjoying it. Very, very... Uh, I've only just started it, but gosh, she's a good writer. Mm. Anyway, New Zealand books. Well, maybe I can talk about Our Way, because that was one yeah. I finished quite re- uh, recently. So Our Way is uh, by Biki Manawatu. Speaking of dark books, dark oh, things. it is, but mm. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so Our Way is a Maori word of... Um, and it's an expression of either astonishment and or stress. So it can be uh, distress, sorry. So it can be used for either. And oh, it was such a good book. So it was only published fairly recently, I think the end of 2019. Mm. Um, and it's starting to get a bit more popularity. People are calling her the new Kerry Holm, mm. which I mean is a huge, high praise. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so Kerry Holm uh, it wrote The Bone People, which is one of my favourite books ever. Um, absolutely recommend it. Um, it's just beautiful and visual and um oh, we need to have a episode on new zealand books for sure yeah, for sure um but our way is you know as as zach said it is very it's depressing um it's i might read the blurb actually taukuri uh, so that's the, it's a story of taukuri and arama their brothers taukuri was born into sorrow Awe can be heard in the sound of the sea he loves and hates and in the music he draws out of the guitar that was his father's. It spills out into the gang violence that killed his father and sent his mother into hiding and the shame he feels about abandoning his eight-year-old brother to a violent home. But Arama, who's the younger brother, is braver than he looks and he has a friend and his friend has a dog and the three of them together might just be strong enough to turn back the tide of sorrow. Mm -hmm. As long as there's araha to give, araha means love, and the stories to tell and a good supply of plasters. Here is a novel that is both raw and sublime, a compelling new voice in New Zealand fiction. Haere mai bini, biki manawatu. That was the description on Goodreads. Mm. I, that's a very compelling description. That's the thing. And it's, it is sort of... Um, it I, is, I haven't read it, but 
from what you de- the way you described it, it, it had once were warriors vibes about it. I, I'm I mean, a bit reluctant sort to of. say, too but much I mean, you it. don't want to say, "Well, there's a movie, a book in New Zealand about gang violence." Yeah, like sure. that's the obvious sign. But I think it's just about life and 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 sort of intergenerational trauma. Mm. I think, and, and and the impacts of colonialism mm. uh, that we still see today. And I mean, the thing is, is as they say sorrow this these kids are born into sorrow and they're sort of they're stuck in a life that it you know it looks like they're going to end up like this because that's what their father did Mm. and so on and so forth and you know you don't have a lot of choices you know if you're in an area where you can't go to school or you know you're not able to go to school for whatever reason yeah sure um and and it's it's so sad but it's also funny and hopeful and I had a huge chat with my mum about it, actually, because uh, about, you know, how we felt about the ending. And I won't, you know, obviously give away spoilers, but I sort of found the ending a bit hopeful, whereas mm. she found the ending a bit sad, oh, you know, yeah. because of the intergenerational trauma. And these poor kids have been through so much. By the time they're, you know, um, Arama is only eight, mm. <laughs> you know, and but these kids are so plucky and resilient and strong. And um, the book's from the perspective of initially the two brothers, and what's really interesting is you actually find out what's happening um, through their eyes. So okay. the things that they don't know, you don't know. Yeah. And as they find out things, you find them like out that. and they sort of connect it. And I actually, I mean, the front cover said crime and I didn't actually, I, I don't know how I missed that because mm-hmm. I'm not someone who would pick up a lot of crime novels. I mean, you know, I'm, I've am i read a lot of, you know, I'm starting to read Jane Harper and things, which mm. are brilliant. But this book, um, it, it was interesting because you sort of put the bits together as the book went on and considering all the sadness in the book, I actually found there was a lot of hope. But yeah. in saying that, I felt like you did need breaks yeah. um, because it was really heavy. It was really raw and... Um, I don't know if visceral is the right word, but, you know, these kids going through so much and your heart just breaks for them. But they're yeah. so freaking tough and smart and... Resilient. Resilient, yeah. yeah. And, and <clears throat> I mean, I... Becky Manuatu is a beautiful writer. Mm. Uh, I'm looking at Goodreads here, and look, five stars has been from basically everyone. Mm. Um, because the way she writes is just beautiful. But yeah, I think read it when you have a time. I mean, look at that review. This book just busted my heart open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so read it when you sort of uh, need a little... So you could say read it and weep. Read it and weep, yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, read it when you're not... You've read a good, nice book beforehand or when you're not in a hard space. Well, you've got a nice book ready afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm a Frederick Backman because he, <laughs> he's always feel good. But yeah. it's so compelling and it really holds you... Like, the, the way their lives all in, in, inter, intertwine and interconnect. Yeah. Um, and, and you just want to... Um, you want to keep reading. And sometimes I remember there were times that I had to put the book down just to kind of digest what was happening. And I mean, it did make me cry sometimes, but it also made me laugh out loud. You know, there's some amazing characters too. Um, and also the power and the strength of people, broken people, mm. but that there's still so much strength there. Um, so I would 100% recommend it always. So it's A-U and then it's E with a line over the top that mm-hmm. I've forgotten. Uh, in, in Māori, that means you sort of say the the uh, E a little bit longer. So okay. our way our instead way. of... Are we? Yeah. Oh, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm aware it's sort of of time, but the other one I was going to talk about was The Bone People, which I sort of went over by Kerry Helm. Yeah. Um, which... just, just before you do that, though, um, I would really like to read that book. Um, I've got a really big pile to be read. Um, so I'm a way to go before I get to I it. knew it. I was like, <laughs> he's being so serious. And he... he and... <sighs> 
No. If you can do puns, I can do puns as well. You could do puns. That was a good one, though, wasn't it? It was, it was I mean, incorrect. Anyway, the bone people. <laughs> the bone people. Boneheads. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm just sort of... I don't have much time, do I? So I'll be very quickly. Carry, right. carry home. We'll talk bone. about bone people again. No I doubt. think we should. Yeah. And I found it a signed copy at Glenbrook Book, The Little Market, mm. down in Glenbrook. I was so excited mm. for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful. It's set on the coast. Um, it's about the sort of uh, woman who lives as a hermit uh, and, and just... <laughs> I think she won the lotto and builds this huge tower and everyone sort of leaves her alone. And then this kid who... I read it a while ago. I should really should have looked at a blurb before I <laughs> talked about it. But he, I think he can't speak, um, and they're not sure why. He just has never spoken. But they have this sort of strange connection, um, and I'm not doing it any justice at all. But I think one of the most powerful things about the book is is I think the sense of community. But more than that, the um, the landscape, the way she describes the New Zealand landscape, mm. and just um, how desolate and how. Uh, beautiful and rugged uh the coasters and um yeah it's it's so you can imagine it mm. you can imagine it it's it's really really beautiful and i mean gosh there are so many amazing auckland uh, auckland uh new zealand mm. writers you know janet frame mm-hmm. is one of my favorites who i was going to talk about of course eleanor uh, eleanor catton won the mm. awards with the luminaries mm-hmm. Uh, now Marsh, Patricia too. I mean, those are literally all female. I didn't plan that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Witi Ihamera, yep. who wrote The Well Rider, and mm-hmm. Ponamu Punamu is a book of short stories I really like. I mean, there's New Zealand has some amazing, amazing books, so we always try to get some in the shop as much as we can. Yeah, we do. Um, but, yeah, I think, yeah, well, like we'll, those two. We'll um, put an episode together in the near future on uh, Australian and New Zealand writers. We could I just think. do one on Janet Frame alone. Probably, yeah. Seriously. We could. <laughs> we could. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I, think, I think that's a really good um, topic to go uh, to go over, and especially because uh, we do have so many great Australian writers as well, but I do I think sometimes we forget um, how many amazing writers there are just across the, the ditch as well. So, yeah, yeah it's well worth, well worth highlighting some of those, I think. Definitely. Um, so what's happening in book news? <clears throat> well, just a couple of things. Um, there's uh, the National Biography Award um, 2022 shortlist has been announced. Um, so that's for Australian um, biographies. Um, there's been an award, uh, award that's been running for, I think, almost 30 years now. Um, just a couple of the names that popped out on there um, I thought were quite interesting. Um, Helen Garner. One day I'll remember this. I love Helen. Helen Garner Diaries from 1987 to 1995. Yeah, cool. Um, and also The Mother Wound by Amani Hader as well. Oh, um, that book <clears throat> is supposed to be incredible. Yeah. I have it, but I, I've been putting it off because I, I read See What You Made Me Do by yeah. Jess Hill. And it's, I mean, not in the same line, but the same topic about sort yeah, of very domestic intense. violence. Yeah. Uh, murder, really. Because yeah. her mother was murdered, mm-hmm. wasn't she? And it's it's supposed to be absolutely incredible <laughs> i just need to read it when i've read a nice book yeah not, a, not, right not that it's not a nice book you know what i mean yeah. like it's a heavy book it's about a very serious yeah. upsetting topic yeah. oh i'm i'm very very keen to read it as well um mm. i've heard so many amazing things about it mm. um there's also uh the arthur c clark award uh shortlist has been announced and as you can probably guess that's for the best science fiction novel um, that had its first UK publication in the previous year, um, Clara and the Sun. 
Ah, um, made, made as well. yeah, not the buried right. giant, isn't that interesting? No, <laughs> actually, I've heard really good things about Claret in the Sun, although yeah. it seems to be quite divisive. I think people like it or they don't. Yeah. I've noticed. I'm, I, I have a feeling that might be Kazura Ishiguro in general, though. I have a feeling, you think? yeah, from the things I've heard, that it's he's a writer who um, you need to really like his style of writing. Um, to be really into him. Yeah, please don't be put off by my review of the Buried <laughs> Giant because, as I say, people say yeah. that that's not his strongest. Um, and I definitely will go back and read. I've got Never Let Me Go. I've got a few of his books. I just <laughs> chose not the bit wisest one to start with. So I hope <laughs> that um, you know people won't be put off. And um, just quickly, a couple of other things as well. Just news locally. Um, we've still got our poetry night. Ah, yes. Um, the Rosie Bro- or the Mid Mountains um, poetry night happening on the seventeenth of August down at Twenty Mile Hollow. So there's still oh, love that place. Still tickets available for that. It's a free event, um, and we'll be having uh, uh, lots of local poets come and read out there. Um, their incredible work. Um, How can people get tickets? It's on humantics. Humantics.com. Uh, you can go to the Rosie Ravelston Books website. Okay. Um, and there's a link for that on there. And do we need to spell Rosie Revelston Books because we chose a We shouldn't by name. now. No. Everyone <laughs> everyone in the mountains knows us by now, I think. So. R-O-S-E-Y. And then Rave Ulston. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have also still have uh, taking entries for our Regenesis poetry, <laughs> short story, and um, drawing competition. Why is that, Zach? And that's um, <laughs> open till the 15th of August. Um, so you can still get entries in for that. Um, it's open only to Blue Mountains residents, um, but you can. Um, we'll, we'll be picking one winner from each of those three categories. So poet, a poem, a short story, and an illustration, drawing, or piece of art. Um, and the winner gets two hundred dollars um, each of those categories. Uh, they'll be um, invited to. Um, a special event that we're holding for Winter Magic this year in Katoomba. Yay, it's back. Um, it is back. Uh, and um, they'll be promoted through our social media channels and through the Blue Mountains Creative Arts Network social media channels. Um, and also in um, a, uh, an anthology publication that we'll be um, releasing at the end of August. And it's not just the winners who are in the publication. That's right. Which is really important to say. So even if you don't win the sort of main prize, you can still be published in the publication, exactly which is really right. cool. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, and we're getting some fantastic entries through, so I'm really looking forward to that. So you've still got until August 15. And again, that information is on the um, BMCAN website that's the Blue Mountains Creative Arts Network it's through Rosie Ravelston Books on our website and also on the Radio Blue Mountains um, website as well you can find information about that I think you said it but if in case you didn't it's free to enter <coughs> free oh absolutely yeah free to enter yeah so and you can enter twice one for each category one for each category one yeah. for each category so if you're one of those people grr who <laughs> <laughs> can write and do art and write poetry and short stories yeah um, yeah, and I think you said last time, or maybe with our interview with the professor on Radio Blue Mountains, you said that all the names are going to be taken off, uh, so it's going to be judged completely blindly. Yeah, absolutely. Which yeah. I think is really good too. Definitely. I'm excited. I think there's so much talent yeah. in the Blue Mountain. Well, I mean, I know there is. I don't mm. think there is. Um, so it's it's really exciting to to see people, you know, talking to us about submitting and, and getting excited about it. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's gonna. It's been Watch fantastic what we've seen already. Um, cool, and I think that's probably us for this week. Um, uh, ran out of time, yeah. you know. And <laughs> we've we... got lots to talk about. But we're doing the show every week now, so. Well, and last last show we did on the Sunday, we ended up our song got cut off, 
So I think we need to make sure we play that one, the Bomba Esotero Soyo. We will. That's so we need up. to make sure that's coming up because right now. it's not just a great song with great uh, lyrics. Google the lyrics. It's about <laughs> like being strong, but also the video is so cute. It's, it's a sad, cute. sassy little girl with pigtails, and it makes me happy every day. <laughs> and it's just a a great song to dance to and so. I also wanted to play a Kate Bush song to finish the show as well oh for Wuthering Heights for Wuthering Heights no Day. oh well yeah <laughs> I mean, not for that reason because I know how, I know your feelings on Wuthering yeah, Heights yeah we'll talk about that next we week we will uh, <laughs> um, and it's also not running up that hill either because I think that's been played enough recently yes, but um, I wanted cool. to play Babushka oh because you're talking about Russian songs is that why there is a there Babushka, is a link there Babushka. it's a great song <laughs> it's a fantastic song she's fantastic uh, oh well, that's, those are two good songs to end on so yeah. enjoy those um as we said i'm Catherine, and this is zach uh we'll, we'll be doing this every wednesday from 10 till 2 uh with different themes different interviews ranting about special guests yeah talking yeah. about books we've read um and you know do do get in touch you know with rosie ravelston books on our social media um you know we'd love to to hear from you and what you think what you want to hear us talk about um yeah cool and have we'll, a good one and we'll, we'll see, we'll you, next see you next week stay safe bye